The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual host and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Para-X, its affiliates, or its sponsors. Dead Zone WDZRDB Worldwide. Welcome to the Dead Zone Paranormal Radio Show. WDZRDB Dead Zone Paranormal Radio Show. It's the 15th of October, man. Christmas is coming quick. I know you guys say, shut up, man. I agree. Okay, yeah, you're right. Tonight we have Matthew Scourge. I believe that's how you pronounce his name, Scourge. He is the co-founder of SRS Paranormal. They're a team out of uh, Southern Appalachia. And, you know, we have some friends there, so you're going to enjoy this show. Also, Michelle's going to be talking about a, a thing that's been in the news, um, the winged humanoids that's been, that have been seen here recently, especially around our parts. Um, she has seen one, so has my son, and so have I. And that's no joke, so stick around. But first, I want to give you a little taste of what we have lined up for next week's show, the Christmas show, the Christmas music show. These guys are awesome, and we're going to play the entire album. This is Midnight Syndicates, Up on the Rooftop. Enjoy. Paranormal news. 
with Michelle. So there has been a lot of sightings lately of bat-like humanoids, uh, bat-winged humanoids, red-eyed winged humanoids that have been uh, basically centered around the Illinois and Indiana area, which is where we are located. We're close to the border of Illinois, but we're in Indiana. And after I read some of these eyewitness accounts that I found, then I'm going to tell you my story, my experience that my son and I had. So the first one here is, uh, these are all from phantomsandmonsters.com. This one is on Wednesday, December 4th, 2019. It's titled, Truck Driver Observed Winged Demon at O'Hare International Airport. So it says here, I was at the airport picking up a load at Nippon, which is the cargo area. I was already backed into a dock and was standing away from the truck smoking a cigarette while they loaded my truck. I was looking toward the runways in the direction of the tunnel, and that is when I noticed something that looked like a large bird standing just outside of the fence by the parking lot. It was not hard to miss because two street lamps were nearby. It looked like a person with wings that were stretched out and flapping. I was walking away from the fence toward the open field and then began to flap and then it began to flap its wings and disappear. So then it has the investigator notes. I spoke with the witness via telephone and was able to get a little more information regarding this sighting. The witness primarily speaks Spanish but was able to report this sighting with the help of his daughter and her boyfriend. The witness was standing away from his truck as it was being loaded, smoking a cigarette, when he said he caught movement out of the corner of his eye. He said that the being was standing near the parking lot and was illuminated by two street lamps. The witness stated that the creature was about seven foot tall, using the fence as a point of reference. When I asked him how he was able to be so certain as to the height of this being, the driver stated that he has been to this location multiple times and he estimates the fence to be about eight feet high. Using the fence, he was certain that the being was at least seven feet tall. When I asked him how large the wings were, he said at least six feet across and black. When I asked him to describe the being, he said, it looked like a demon or a goblin and was solid black. The witness said he saw nothing that looked like eyes and he assumed the creature might have had his back turned to him. He stated that it walked with a gait like a bird and that it was flapping its wings as it walked towards the large field that is by the runways and disappeared into the night. The witness did state that when it disappeared, he quickly did the sign of the cross and asked the Virgin Mary for protection. He put out his cigarette and quickly walked back to his truck. When I asked him why he did that, he stated that he felt a presence that was evil and was convinced that he had seen a demon. When asked to elaborate on this statement, the witness refused to talk about it anymore for fear of it coming back. I respected his wishes and went on to ask other questions about the time, conditions, and if there were other potential witnesses to his sighting. He stated that there were others at the same facility, but many were either inside the facility itself or in their trucks. When asked if he had seen something similar before, the witness stated that he had before when he was a teenager back home in Mexico. The witness stated that he saw a solid black-winged creature that was circling an open field that he and other children were playing soccer in. He stated it circled the field and made a loud screeching noise before flying off into the surrounding forest. When I asked him if he remembered the date of the sighting, 
He stated that he did not remember the exact date, but a week later there was a large earthquake in Mexico City. For the record, the magnitude 8.0 earthquake that hit Mexico City was on September 19, 1985. The witness seemed sincere, albeit scared, that he had seen something demonic and evil. It is my opinion that the witness is telling the truth. An investigator will be dispatched to do a field observation and any info will be posted on the site as it becomes available. And if you go to the site and you read the story, it has aerial pictures and a map locating uh, where the sighting was. So this next story, again, it's still on phantomsandmonsters.com. The report was dated Thursday, December 5th, 2019, but it was um, a witness account of something that happened years ago. This one is called Bat-like Flying Humanoid Confronted in Southern Illinois. I just read your article through a post on Facebook, and I'd like to report that my husband and I witnessed what we have called a human vampire bat thing for years. We live in Edwardsville, Illinois, and we're driving home from an event in St. Louis late one night. Unfortunately, I don't know the date, but believe it was a work Christmas party, so that time of year. It was sometime after 1988 when we built our current house and before 1996, before our son was born. For sure after 1988, but it's possible our son was at a sitter. We were on Highway 270 between Illinois Route 157 and Illinois Route 159 in Glen Carbon, Illinois, traveling east. A human-sized thing flying west swooped down like it was going to crash into our windshield and then over the top of our car. It was all black with huge wings and or a cape, and it did have a face similar to a human, and it seemed to look at us. It happened quickly. Neither of us could believe our eyes and didn't see where it went from there. We slowed down and looked in our rearview mirrors, but never saw it again. Of course, no one believed us. Then a few years ago, maybe three to four, I saw an article about human-sized bats in the Philippines that really did look like what we saw. So much we don't know about this big crazy world in which we live. L.S. So then the investigator put in a note. I contacted Ellis by telephone. After our discussion, I believe the sighting occurred during the mid-1990s. This location is in southern Illinois, an area well known for flying cryptids and UFO activity. Ellis described the wings as membrane like that of a bat and the span at least as wide as the car, 8 to 10 feet. The incident occurred around 11.30 to 12 o'clock midnight. The being descending quickly from the sky and was first noticed because of the highway lights and then the car's headlights. Ellis estimates that the winged humanoid was approximately 5 to 10 feet from the windshield before it instantly ascending over the roof of the car. The body shape was similar to a 5 to 6 foot thin human with possible legs and arms, though it was difficult to gauge the length and size. The winged humanoid that Ellis referred to in the Philippines was a supposed sighting of an aswang, some of which has been described as having wings. The next door here was dated Friday, February, or December 6, 2019. Giant bat-winged humanoid sighted in Downers Grove, Illinois. Though I've spoken of my encounters at least a thousand times, I've always attributed the sightings to a giant owl or bat of some kind. I realize today that this creature was way too big to be any bird. Anyway, about 2011 or so in the fall, my brother-in-law and I were sitting around a small bonfire in my backyard on a beautiful Indian summer night, enjoying what was left of the nice weather. All of a sudden, my brother-in-law whispers, dude, check that out. 
I slowly turned to look toward the south where he seemed to be focused and asked what he was looking at. He said, look at that big oak, two houses down. I did as he started lining me up using a few landmarks, and just then I noticed what he was looking at about 20 feet up in the tree. This huge creature seemed to kind of jump, maybe dead drop, out intentionally. It fell forward, spreading or opening what looked like bat wings or a cape, then a set of wings. They never closed or even flapped before this thing disappeared behind the fence. In, another, in other words, it glided from at least 20 feet up, almost straight down, until it disappeared behind the fence. There was no noise from the tree branches, not a crackle from the leaves as it landed on, nor a sound from anything. None at all. Dead silence. Needless to say, because both of us seeing the same thing, we were freaked out. We quickly went inside trying to rationalize the whole thing. We decided we'd call it a big owl from then on. I've always thought it was something other than a bird. He and I will still occasionally joke about that night being the Batman experience. My other encounter happened several miles from here, alone, driving to my favorite spot on the Kankakee River southbound on I-55, crossing the Illinois River Bridge at dawn. Something flew out from under the bridge right across my line of sight, completely covering my windshield, blocking my forward sight for a second, then it was gone. In that case, all I know is that thing was also huge and seemed to be brown in the new morning light. And that was signed by Mike. So the witness followed up with more information. Sorry, I didn't realize I hadn't mentioned my location. Anyway, I'm in far northwest, northwest corner of Downers Grove, Illinois, very close to the Morton Arboretum. Lots of open land and forest preserves. In the last two weeks, we had three wild turkeys in the front yard a first and a snow owl in a small tree out in the front of the house. Another first simply because it was mid-morning. We've had just about every indigenous, and I can't say this word, people, yeah, um, animal you can think of here over the last 22 years, though nothing shocked me like that night all those years ago. Mike. So, the investigator's note. I called and talked to the witness. I also received verification for the brother-in-law. And I may talk a bit more with him. The size was estimated to be six foot in height and definitely humanoid with legs and attached arms to the bat-like wings. Black in color with a wingspan of 10 foot or more. Lights from the street and neighbor's house helped to illuminate the bean, but they were unable to get specific details of the face. The time was estimated to be before midnight. Okay, so now I'm going to tell you my account of when my son and I we're driving in Terre Haute, Indiana. We were on the outskirts of town. And uh, so we were in an area where there were lots of, of trees. And uh, there were thick areas of trees before you got to the houses. And I noticed something flying up in the sky. It looked kind of big. And my son looked up and we both saw the exact same thing. Um, but it, it looked like it was probably about eight feet in length maybe it's hard to say because it was flying pretty high up so it's hard to distinguish exactly the length on something like that but uh, it had huge wingspan and now these other accounts talk about the creature being black we both remember it being like a dark gray and it had a very skinny body it did kind of sort of remind you of a mix of a gargoyle and a pterodactyl I guess um, but it was just a lot of gray everywhere is what we remember seeing. And 
what what really jumped out at me were the legs because the feet that were dangling down as it flew overhead looked like long skinny human feet and they were just dangling as it flew over and that's one of the things that just really stuck in my memory and uh, it just it happened so fast we I, I was driving down the road we both saw it you just kind of go in shock for a second your brain is trying to figure out what it is that you're seeing and so you don't really have time to think about pulling over parking taking pictures I will wish I would have done that though that would have been great but it just it happened too quick and uh, it just it flew overhead and then it was gone but we still talk about it to this day I'd say that that happened probably about um, maybe four or five years ago so back in 2014 2015 I don't know uh, even what month it was I do know that it was warm out so it was most likely summertime or early fall maybe uh, but anyway we we both saw it it would it was definitely there anyway I hope you enjoy this if you have any stories about seeing humanoid like winged creatures please submit them to me at michelle.deadzone at gmail.com and maybe I'll read your story online or maybe we'll interview you so I hope to hear from you thanks a lot next coming up is going to be paranormal events millions of people are affected by the para x bug i realize that it is something that will stay with me for the rest of my life and long into the afterlife as well if you have the para x bug there is hope with a nightly visit to the para x website and intensive past life regression therapy i can control it even with the para x bug i can still lead an active life of radio show hosting paranormal investigating evidence checking attending conferences book writing, keeping up with the latest technology, and still keep my 40-hour-a-week day job. If you think that you have the Para-X bug or know someone who might, visit para-x.com. And remember, you are not alone. I am not alone. I. 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 I am not alone. The Para-X bug may cause the urge to chase shadow people, visit exotic haunted locations, adopt a pugwudgie, or spend all of your time trying to figure out the laws and principles of paranormal investigation. Listening to Para-X may increase these effects. Sudden visions of full-body apparitions or feeling the covers being pulled off you in the middle of the night by unseen hands may also be signs of exposure to the Para-X bug. The use of Para-X may be habit-forming and an overwhelming desire to provoke spirits may be a serious side effect. If these symptoms last more than four hours, you should quickly consult a trusted witch and have her cast a what the hell are you thinking spell on you. If symptoms persist, please contact the Para-X Radio Network Homeland Security Team for further instructions. The Para-X bug may cause urges for late night speaking with spirits and ghosts. Listening to Para-X may increase these effects. Overwhelming desire to try provoking a spirit may be a serious side effect. Those with Para-X bug effects lasting more than four hours should consult Para-X or see a professional. Sudden outbursts at the mention of orbs may be a sign of exposure to the Para-X bug. Use of Para-X may be habit-forming. Use caution when engaging in Para-X chat.
Your source for everything paranormal. Para-X. All right, so for paranormal events here, from paranormalnewsinsider.com. Oh, I'm sorry, no, it's called Paranormal News Insider. It's paranewsinsider.com is the website. So they have a, a list of all kinds of stuff here you can go check out for yourself. I'm just going to go over some of the stuff here that's listed for ghost conferences and conventions in 2020. There's the Dead of Winter Festival. That's on February 8th, 2020 in Alton, Illinois. Rochester Winter Parafest 2020. That's February 29th through March 1st, Rochester, New York. There's the Twisted Waters Cruise, March 13th through the 16th, 2020, sailing from Port Canaveral, Florida. The Haunted Heights Paranormal Convention, May 8th and 9th, Hutton Lake Heights in Michigan. There's a Gift of Light Expo. That's March 14th and the 15th in Columbus, Ohio. Phenomenology 2020 is March 26th through the 29th in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Oregon Ghost Conference, March 27th through the 29th in Seaside, Oregon. Uh, SWF Paranormal and UFO Convention, March 28th. And that is, oh, I'm sorry, that's actually, that says 2019, but I have a feeling that's a typo. Uh, it should be March 28th of 2020 in Fort Myers, Florida. The New England Parafest, April 3rd through the 5th in Kittery, Maine. This says for Friday and Saturday. And Stratham, New Hampshire on Sunday. Okay, and now back to business. What to do in my free time when I'm not at work is uh, a metal tech for Civil War relics. Oh. Now, this property in a city not too far from where I live. Uh, in Johnson City, Tennessee. There's an old farmhouse, and it's back in this, like, 20 or so acres off the main road. There's one other house, and it's the property owner's house. And So I go up there, and there's this old 1880s, 1890s farmhouse. Right. And I'm metal detecting out in front of it, and I get a good signal, but every hair on my back of my neck is standing up, and I've got that on edge feeling. Right. And I'm looking up at this house that's been abandoned for decades. I mean, it's literally in the middle of this cornfield. I mean, there's nothing else there. And I look up at the second story window, and I see an elderly woman looking back at me. I mean, no. The Holy Grail, the apparition. Yeah. And keep in mind, I'm a hardcore skeptic. Yes. I don't believe in the paranormal or any of that at all when I have this experience. So I did what any rational person would do that doesn't do what we do. Um, I grabbed my metal detector and shovel, and I threw it in the back of my pickup truck, and I left that field as fast as I could. <laughs> oh. It's not what I had seen. <laughs> that's not what, no, that's not what you do. <laughs> okay, yeah. I know, right? But it, it, to the you know, person that's never been around that stuff, it, it just really threw me for a loop. <laughs> wow, very cool. About six weeks later, so I'm driving home, I'm thinking, okay, you know, you had a rough night at the fire station last night, she was up half the night, maybe you get yeah, you just seeing things, whatever, starting to rationalize, you know? Yeah. So I, about six weeks or so later, um, I used to say I got the time, but I realize now at the time I got the nerve to go back. Yeah. So I go back to this property, and the whole time I'm fixated on the house. So I'm not really focusing on metal detecting. I'm focusing on this house. <laughs> I don't really see anything. But then as I'm down, I kind of put it on my mind. I'm down. I'm digging another target out of the ground. I see a shadow path behind me. Because uh -oh. the sun's set behind me and casting the shadow in front of me. I see this shadow behind me. So I'm thinking a property owner came up or somebody's come up on the property wanting to talk to me. I turn around. 
there's not another soul for 20 acres in any direction. Right. So I'm like, okay. So that <laughs> led me to this realization that when we have these experiences in life that we can't explain, that some of those are on, on earthly explanations. And the next year, year and a half, I devoted my time to reading every blog, every book, researching every type of theory that I could get my, you know, or information I could get my hands on, trying to dissect and understand what this phenomena is that we call the paranormal. Yes. That obsession with research led to starting to do investigate, do some investigating with some people, and that led to just a passion for the paranormal. And now 15 years later, having traveled all over the country, gone to some of the big paranormal hotspots, Mm-hmm. done dozens and dozens of residential cases. I'm a believer now. I still have a healthy skepticism. I still think... Oh, I should, yes, as do I. Yeah, our, yeah. Yeah, our due diligence to, to try and get answers to, earthly answers to what we're faced with. Um, but it's been, man, it's been a hell of a ride. And it, it, the more that I learn, the more I realize there is still to learn. And it's just, that's kind of my, my journey, personal journey, and how I've gotten to where, where I am. Right, and you say you started this all. This all started in uh, two thousand seven, at least your group did, yes. right? Yes. Yep. Very Absolutely. Cool. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. The experience happened around two thousand five, two thousand six, and I spent that time researching. And the guy that co-founded the team with me, Steve, at the time. Yes. Um, he now is he is he gone? Is Steve not with you anymore? Uh, yeah, he's going in a slightly different direction, so he's okay. not with the team any longer. So uh, oh, he's well. gone in a, in a different direction, and you know how teams do. You get people come and go, and yeah. uh, things change, but uh, the team I've got now is phenomenal. Um, I'm really blessed to have uh, a very diverse group of individuals that right. I'm honored to, to work with. Absolutely. Man. Well, cool. Uh, just to let you know, my my buddy for life just walked in here dustin hey. coffee just showed up hey man hey. what's going on what's going on all right well hey how you doing hey how we doing well you know this guy right this is uh this is uh matthew Storch. yes from uh yeah. prs or i'm sorry srs <laughs> SRS, SRS yeah. right out of eastern tennessee yeah. Society, yeah. yeah that's right yeah Very how cool. we doing this evening i'm doing good how are you doing sir? i'm not doing too bad run a little behind got a little Family things jumping in here and there and caused me to be a little late, but I'm here. <laughs> right. Awesome. Very cool. So we yeah, now, yeah. so now we know what started you out. I mean, this wasn't like something that you were from your childhood. It wasn't like you watched all these movies or you, you know, your grandma. No, or, yeah. No. No, actually, quite like I said, quite the opposite. I mean, I, I never really, you know shade at it if you will i just thought you know i had whatever people i really thought people just had a lot of a lot of this overactive imagination like i said until my experience and in the 15 years that have, have passed since then and all the places i've been in investigating i've done i still have yet to have an experience on par with what started this whole thing on oh, right. yeah with with you and you yourself your but your team i'm yeah. gonna guess i'm gonna guess yeah i'm gonna guess has yeah and you're like Okay, I'm here. I didn't see that, but I believe you. No, no, I've had some great experiences, and, and they've had great experiences. But I mean, to see an apparition like that—that that to me is, you know, I've not seen anything like that since. I've seen shadow. Oh things. yeah. I've seen other things, had other experiences, captured phenomena that we can't explain. Yeah. But I've never seen anything quite like this experience that 
that really drew me in. And that's why I say I really think that spirit, I think that paranormal, I think it, it, it reaches out to certain people. And I think we have to make that choice. Are we going to embrace it and, and follow that path, or are we going to go the other way in life and just ignore it? Sure. And I, I really think that it's a meant-to-be thing. Right. Well, you know, you know, how, you know the old what everyone says. Um, you can either have an open mind, be open to it, or you can close it off and you know just ignore it. I guess, it, yeah, yeah, right. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Wow. You know, we're we're finding more and more as um as the years go on as with us doing the show and talking with all these different people and uh, we love the paranormal community. I mean, it just. As I've said before, and I'll say it again, it, it opens, the paranormal community just opens its arms to you and embraces everyone. Um, but we're finding more and more that uh, people who don't get into the paranormal until later on in life, um, it's, it's just as common as people who have been drawn to, drawn to the paranormal since day one, like, like, a, wow. like most of us. It's becoming more of a, more of a story or more of, common than what we thought actually well there i i i kind of understand what he's saying i know there 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 are I, i'm going to just stutter for 20 that's okay minutes. Yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll edit it <laughs> um uh, yeah there are people that are just they don't you know that you doesn't matter what you show them they don't care it's bullcrap right then that's right man then then, 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 some, then something that. something happens like i'm going to say right. a, a loss loved one family member and then suddenly it turns around sure yeah completely something they just can't explain and, yeah. and they can't they can't come up with a you know an earthly explanation to it i think that does happen for sure yes I see, and we've seen that a few times yeah and that really no kidding yeah and so and with one of the, our family members yeah yeah for 50 years nothing yeah. and all of a sudden Wow, this is, this is happening, right? Exactly. So, uh, with your with your experience, when you when you finally jumped in and uh, started doing investigations and taking note of the paranormal realm, did you find yourself looking back at things that have happened uh, over the years oh, and absolutely. and thinking to yourself, wait, wait a minute, now that was, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, I, I, there was different things that not necessarily happened in my own house or with my family, but just different experiences, even like, you know, being a full-time professional firefighter, just different moments, different things that happened that I look back now and I think, you know, I wonder if that was the first uh, exposure to the to the other side and to paranormal that I, I didn't really pay attention to because I was so skeptical mindset. Um, I wasn't open to it. And uh, as the time has progressed and my journey has progressed and I've opened myself up more and more. Uh, the experiences have opened with that, and, and I think that's the key: is being open-minded, being methodical in your approach, yep. and really just trying to to get answers and seek the truth. I mean, sure. that's the key. Yeah, for sure. There are moments uh, I've I've found uh, through the years, even even as uh, hardcore to the paranormal as we are. Uh, as we've mentioned before, Lee's had to take steps back away from the paranormal. As of ha- as have have I? I'm a stutter as well, Lee. Yeah, well, you're too close. <laughs> well, uh, but uh, you know, in, in those moments where other things are more important than uh, investigating and whatnot. Um, well, you got family. You have help. Sure, that, sure. That's all comes first. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely yeah. Um, 
I, I've found myself when I get back to it and can make the paranormal um, as important as I like to. I've found myself looking back at different things that have happened in that sh- period where I've shut it off, and I'm like, oh wow, they were still they were still trying to get at me. I just wasn't paying as much attention to it. <laughs> so, right, right. And I've uh, I've noticed here in looking through your bio and whatnot, um, you guys take a very tech savvy approach to uh, investigations um do you have a preferred um piece of equipment that no matter what you do not leave the house without this piece of equipment for me on the tech side and my team is kind of we've the last two years we've taken a slightly different turn which i'll talk about that in just a second if i may okay um but for me one of the key pieces of equipment that i love is the edi um the edi to me is one of the absolute greatest pieces of equipment because you're getting pressure, humidity, temperature, vibration, and EMF. Okay, I mean, so EDI. What, okay, I, I'm at a loss here now. We're, you know, we're, <laughs> we're poor. We're poor hillbillies. Okay, what's an EDI? <laughs> <laughs> the EDI is a, it's a it's a piece of equipment that's actually five pieces in one, and it actually lets you record those environmental data changes okay. to an SD card. So what I like about that is if an investigator is feeling something that that kind of that kind of sounds to me like more like a meteorologist piece of equipment not not necessarily it kind of is yeah um but it was built by paranormal investigators it's a group uh called uh fentech they're uh, texas they're a group of paranormal researchers okay cool um and well 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 why don't you go ahead and uh get that website out there so maybe people are listening can go check that stuff out you know that's really cool Absolutely. I sure will. I'll put a link up to it on ours. There you go. Um, well, one of the things I just, what I like about it is that when you have investigators experiencing something yeah. or phenomena is occurring or you're capturing something, you know, on whatever type of piece of equipment, ITC or whatever you're using, um, and then you can go back and plot that data. So you can actually look and say, you know what, when this occurred, these environmental changes also, also occurred. Oh, yeah. And to me, that's just a really cool piece of validation. Right. So I, that's a piece of equipment that I love to have. That and, of course, you know, an old school recorder. I mean, you got to have a digital recorder. Right. Um, those yeah. are the two pieces that, for me, are essentials. Right. That would be like us, you know, or any other uh, bare bones team. We go in with first of all, you go in with 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 a notepad and, and paper. You go in with right. your with your uh, thermometer. You go in with your EMF meter, and you record oh, all yeah. that down. That just makes it a lot easier, doesn't it? Sure, yeah. We use that for baselines. Um, baselines is, of course, first thing you do always. Uh, but we, you know, we, you know, we use it for that, and we use it during investigation. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about you guys? I mean, what's your uh, go-to piece of, of equipment? Oh, man. Well, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> for me, first and foremost is the uh, digital recorder. <clears throat> I uh, I've put a, a little more value to... Um, to uh audio uh, of course i'm a musician and music and all that kind of good sure. stuff but um i find for me <clears throat> like when you when you go through video or pictures uh, some things that might be anomalies or um things moving yeah. or whatnot you know there's um there's so much that could be the cause well, of yeah right yeah. um but with with um an evp when you catch that, when you catch that class A, and we've caught some, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Well, when you catch that class A, and you know your group well enough, 
you know what you have is what you have. Right. Um, and, it, you know, it, it started for me when I first started investigating. Um, my second or third investigation, I got a Class A EVP that is just that was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And it kind of set that off as in, okay, this is this is the piece of equipment I got to have every time. Yeah. So when, I hit an, right. when we hit an investigation, I'll take two with me. Uh, one that I run start. Continuously. Yep, yep. We start as soon as we hit the door. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we run that throughout the entire investigation. And right. then the other one we use for... Um, um, EVP sessions and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, amongst um, Lee, and, right? And uh, Lee and Michelle have have a couple as well that they run periodically and here and there. Yeah. But that that's my go-to. And mine would be I I I am a skeptic. I love just my still camera. I walk through and if I feel anything, anything, I turn around and just snap. You know what I mean? Are you sensitive? No, I I'm okay, I'm the worst guy in the world. I, I'm the worst person to come <laughs> to your house if you tell me you have a ghost. You know what I mean? No, no, not me. My the crew are they're great. I mean, we kind of balance each other out. But yeah, when, yeah. when we when we go through a place and we have, and if you go go to our Facebook page or our website, you know, there are things that have happened. And I the only reason that I caught them was because I in pitch black. I'm walking through and something's saying, turn around and snap. So I do. And when I do, we've got a couple of, well, maybe more than a couple. Oh, it was probably 30 of them up here. Yeah, really, <laughs> really good things. But That's all. Yeah. He's, he's really good at blinding you when you're when you're in the yes, middle I of an do investigation. That. I, I do forget. I do forget. <laughs> he, you know. he tries to say, <laughs> he tries to say flash or, or picture, late. but you know, it's, you're already seeing dots. And yeah, I mean, it's too late. When I, when I feel it, I turn around and snap. I, yep. you know, I do hey, I ain't mad at you. Yeah. <clears throat> so, But Michelle, her go-to is the K2. Yeah. She loves the K2. Okay, cool. Yeah. And it works really well with her as well. I mean, it, it's, it uh, responds to her, and she'll, she'll be having a, an intelligent conversation with, um, with a being through the, the K2 and hand sure. it to Lee or I, and just yeah. the conversation's yeah. over. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll give it right back to her, and they pick up like, you know, like a drop call for a second or something. It's mm-hmm. kind of funny. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I think you just hit on a, a really cool point there is that two things for that, that I, I think a lot with this stuff. And, and one is knowing what things work best for you. I mean, there are people on my team, some of my guys and gals, that certain things resonate with them, and they get better results than them than, say, that I do. Right. Uh, and I think that we found too, uh, depending on what type of haunting we might be dealing with or what type of that. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, sometimes they respond to women. Sometimes they respond to men. So yeah. that's why we love having a team that's comprised of both men and women, um, so that you have both those types of energies. And when something's not working, you know, you mix it up and, and try some different investigators. Absolutely. Yeah. There's tools in the toolbox, right? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And that's what we do. The uh, the uh, bare bones 101, right? We, you know, every now and again, we found out that uh, we'd buy all these different toys, and they're great, and we love toys, but we would go to a, a location, just loaded down with all kinds of stuff, right? I mean, you know, these are great, wonderful toys, yeah. but, but after so many times of, you know, doing this, we wind up going in with just a few pieces of equipment. Yeah. You know? Cause Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, and, and that's the thing, too, that I think people with equip, equipment is great, but the best piece of equipment that I think anybody has is themselves. As your mind. I mean, you as your mind. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that, you know, that's kind of what we cover here and there. When we go into, we, we found going to these different conventions and stuff that we do, um, and all the different people we meet, uh, people were coming up to us, and we'd, we'd hear it, if we heard it once, we heard it a thousand times over a weekend. Man, we're really into the paranormal. We want to investigate, but we just can't afford to get into it or don't know how to get into it. Right. And so, you know, we, you know, we yeah. put together the 101. You don't need to spend a lot of money. Right, yeah. And, that, and that's one of the first things we point out. We tell everybody that, that comes and talks to us about getting into investigating. You you are your number one asset, your number one key point, piece of equipment is yourself. And, and being ready and being prepared for what you're going into right now i did see your you know your website there um you got a pretty big team now are they all still there do you take everyone or do you yeah. kind of do, yeah. do, do, uh, do, well it, it depends on the size of the event right or the event i'm event. an idiot <laughs> the, uh, the, yeah. well it does it depends on that and it also depends on uh, you know, if everybody's available. Yeah. But my team is a little bit unique, and one of the changes that we made is about four years ago, um, I met Dr. Rhonda Claudale. She is a uh, psychic medium. She's also into the old Victorian spiritualist movement stuff, seances, psychic trumpets, thousand rods, the old school techniques. Yeah, um, we kind of met through the place that she owns called the Nickerson State House, which actually, or Nickerson State Mansion, which actually now is where uh, our team is based out. Um, okay. And you're in Carolina. Through of, uh, actually in Virginia. Virginia, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Virginia. Okay, yeah. Yes, sir. It's uh, right up the road from here where I live in Tennessee. But um, that was at Tennessee. We started. We went I'm and investigated her place there, the the museum near Nickerson Speed House. Uh, it's an old um, mid 1800s. House. It actually goes back to the 1700s when it was King Cannon's Fort, but there's a lot of cool history with it, with the Civil War and war. I mean, it's got a lot of really neat, neat history. Right. But um, we started working with her some, and through that process, I got introduced to the whole other side of this. And, you know, the, the paranormal having kind of, I think, three different areas. You have guys like us and, and you all that are... Um, myself that are researchers and kind of come from the, if you black it better words, ghost hunters. Yeah, um, really <laughs> yeah ghost hunters, yeah. But anyhow, you know, what, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, right. You have your psychics and your mediums, yeah. and then you have the spiritualists who use the really old school stuff, the seances, those things. So as we started doing these experiments where we were cross-validating, we were validating the things that she as a psychic was experiencing, through our equipment, and she was helping us to communicate better during EVP sessions, during uh, you know ITC sessions, during things by being able to tell us what she was connecting with psychically. And we found this to be really fascinating, different experiments and things that we could try. So over the course of the next four years, we did more and more stuff together, and eventually Rhonda and her daughter Nikita joined our team as well. So we kind of take a little bit of a different approach now when we go and we do your base. Yeah, that, do, that does sound a little bit different than what I read on your bio. Well, just a little I'm bit. I'm sorry? That does, that does sound a little different than what I read on your bio. Yeah, um, our main page, the main website, talks a little bit more about that. Um, yeah. My bio is more based on just what my side of that is. Yeah. Uh, but our team story kind of breaks this down a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, and in the last two years, we really made this transition to including this. 
And what we're doing now, we're, we're getting really fascinating results with this is, you know, we go in and we do our baselines and we get our stuff on the location. We have our, we have a historian. He does all of deep research. He's actually in school. He's a historian. Okay. Uh, and he does all the deep research, separates the folklore from the facts. So the boring stuff, facts. right? The That's boring it. stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's important, though. You know, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Those, those, those pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. And then we go in with the psychic and with the psychics, and they read the place, and then we see if that matches up to any historical relevance or folklore. And then we go and investigate, and often we'll do seances and things like that to get things started, and then we'll go into our process of investigating. Well, that's one thing um, we've so never done. We've never, we've never done a seance. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Um, so we do, we do some of that kind of stuff, too. So, like I said, we're kind of unique in our approach. Very cool. That's awesome. Well, let me ask you this now. Do you, I, I read your thing, you guys go get relics, right? You go take relics home or whatever. Now, Yes. I, do you bless them? Do you try to bless them? Man, that's the wrong word. I'm looking for to see Michelle should be here right now. <laughs> oh, man. No, no, I mean that's not an incorrect term. Well, like, I mean, uh, you're talking about yeah. when you're when you're trying to to cleanse them, or you, when you when you bring them home, do you do at least cleanse them or something? There you go. Cleanse. You said it. Yeah. Cleanse. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, this is gonna sound. This may sound kind of strange, but when we if we're investigating a place in the, and we'll ask if they want us to do a you know a artifact survey um and we'll, we'll do that and then we'll bring those those articles in and sometimes use them as trigger items and then we'll leave those with the location okay. now i go out and i'm relic hunting as when i relic hunt um i can't say that i always cleanse those artifacts <laughs> okay um it depends on honestly it depends on how i feel about it. now let's no we're talking we're talking relics along with you going to uh, different locations with your uh, metal detector too right that's what he's talking about yeah, now yeah. yeah that's what i'm saying yeah yeah if i'm doing it relic hunting as, as just relic hunting and not part of uh, a paranormal case like let's just say i'm at an old farm field where a civil war camp was okay and I get some relics from it, I'll bring those relics home and I don't cleanse it unless I get a weird feeling off them. Okay. And, and as weird as that sounds, there's been times I've pulled something out of the ground and I'm not so good about it, and I've returned it to the ground because I feel like it shouldn't have came out of the ground. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we, had one of, yeah we had one of those uh, a few years ago in uh, Clinton. Yeah, sure did. <laughs> yeah. There was a... Um, yeah, sometimes you just know. I mean, right? You just know. You just know it, it needs to stay where it is. It yeah. doesn't need to come with you. Well, so, someone had dug up an old, I mean, really old, what was it? A hatchet. No, and that was a cleaver from... Or a cleaver, yeah. Um, oh, God. Where was it from? It was um, so it French. A French cleaver, yeah. Yeah. Was it just giving you the bad mojo? I mean, you just felt... It was giving him bad mojo. He had a... He had, had a, he had, nailed it up to his wall in his house and things were just going bad and going getting worse and worse and worse so we went and did yeah. what you do and yeah. evidently it worked sure yeah <laughs> getting rid of the cleaver obviously helped <laughs> yeah i mean it wasn't a good situation for the guy so with your uh with your relic hunting and the metal detecting and whatnot i, I find that totally awesome i wish i had more time to devote to, to it um what is the coolest thing you found, paranormal or non-paranormal? Uh, the coolest non-paranormal thing I've ever recovered, I was in Northern Virginia on a private farm. Uh, of course, we always get permission whenever we go on these farms, and we never go on actual battlefields. It's always long-term winter camps, things like that. I just want to put that out there because I don't want people thinking that we were there because I would never go on 
a battlefield or anything like that. Um, that's an actual, you know, historic place. That's wrong. Um, but anyhow, I was on this private farm field. It was a long-term winter camp. And I recovered a spur, a Confederate spur, that actually has the soldier's name engraved on it. Oh, oh wow. Like Did they do yeah, that? Yeah, and I was able to do the research on it. And there were two brothers that enlisted into the 10th Virginia Cavalry. And uh, the last name was Hutchinson. And, you know, the, there was two of them. There's unfortunately not a first initial. So I don't know which of the two it belongs to. But they both enlisted in that company. So out of the... 9,900 Confederate uh, Mounted Cavalry, it's one of those two gentlemen. So that's the oh, coolest man. thing I've ever... That is I've very cool. Heard. That is very cool. That is too cool. Yeah. Man, oh man, so what's the coolest paranormal thing you've recovered or uh, uncovered? Uh, the, the coolest thing that i found that would be related to the paranormal actually is at the Nickerson State Museum when we did the relic survey of it. That was before... We started working with Dr. Claudio and before our team was based out of there, and this was back when Steve was still with us. Um, we found the, I found actually the top of a old um, uh, microscope, and where uh. Dr. Steve, the guy that actually owned the property, he actually at one point that's why it was used as a morgue because uh, the nearby field hospital was Emory College, and overflow went to his property because he was at the time. The town doctor during the war. Oh, so wow. that we feel that that dating it and looking at samples that would match that, it would have been in his time period. So it's likely the microscope that would have been in his doctor's office on the property. So that's probably the coolest paranormal item I've ever recovered. That's and do you, too do cool. you keep those? Do you, do you have a room in your no. house? Okay. Go ahead. Uh, it, it, it's stuff that I'm doing, like I said, for my relic hunting, non-paranormal. Yeah. Those, and it's, you know, those, uh, if the landowner wants the stuff, we'll let the landowner have it. Oh, absolutely. Yes. It. Yeah, yeah. Those art, artifacts with me. Oh, yeah. Whenever it's for paranormal, though, we always give those artifacts back to the location and let them display them or leave them because we feel they're part of the story of that property and they belong with the history of that location. Oh yeah, that's awesome. So never, we never take those items. Those items stay with the with the people that own the property or the site that had us do the relic survey. Right. Yeah, and I agree with you 100. percent Now I'm going to ask you another thing. What about uh, if you and your wife are you if you're married or not? It doesn't matter. Yes, I am. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, when she wants to go to a swap meet or a uh, antique store and she sees something that she loves. She wants to take that home, and maybe a hundred years old, maybe whatever. What do you do with that? If it is something that I feel doesn't have bad mojo, I'm good with it. <laughs> okay. Now, how how do you know if how do you know if it does or not? Intuition. Uh, yeah. Some, that sounds crazy. I know, but some things just don't feel right. You know? I know. I believe you. <laughs> right. Yeah, man, it's like creepy dolls. Like, I've got this thing with, like, creepy dolls. I I don't like them. And it, I don't know if these weren't called so We've, like we've got one right behind us right now. Yeah, There's creepy dolls, like, everywhere <laughs> we go. And it's like, I can't stand them. Um, but I always feel compelled to pick them up, so I think there might be something wrong with me. I don't <laughs> well, oh, well, you're a one of the investigators. <laughs> yeah, there is something wrong with all of us, but it's okay. Because we fit our own club. <laughs> it's, it, it's a good time. It's fun. Okay, well, I think we're running out of time here, man. Hey, already? Um, yeah, I know. I guess it shouldn't be late, huh? <laughs> well, but anyway, um, 
is there, do you guys have anything going on that you want to talk about? You want to give us a... Yeah. Uh, Yep, there's a big announcement I'd really love to make. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that man. That would be okay. Yeah. Um, we, there's a couple things that, that we do, and I'll touch on this real quick, but we do a lot of public events where we actually do, like, public uh, investigations where we invite the public in and we teach them basic paranormal stuff. We show them some basic stuff. Like we do, 101. Yep. Yep, yeah. exactly, paranormal 101. And then we actually go and take them on an actual investigation at these locations and let them actually use some meters and teach them how to do those things. Very cool. Dowsing rods and EVP stuff. Dowsing rods, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Now, so okay. As we, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. As we, no, that's fine. As we progress doing all those things, um, we've also, you know, the last few years been going to, I think we actually met you guys at Mid-South. Um, Did you? We started going to a lot of the circuits. Yeah. 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 We, actually, uh, we, we were at Mid-South. Um, and oh, then we've got several other type of functions and things. So we decided that we wanted to, about a year ago, put on a big event. So what I want to make the announcement on your show, if I can, okay, is yes. um, in August of 2020, uh, SRS Paranormal is going to be hosting a event, a paranormal convention. Um, but we want it to be an all-inclusive event. It's already booked. It's going to be at the U.S. Cellular Center in Asheville, North Carolina. Vendor nice. uh, spaces and um, regular ticket sales will begin soon, as soon as we get the website up in the next uh, week or so. Um, but we, it's going to be cool. We're going to have uh, everything from the paranormal to uh, some cryptozoology. Folks there you go. There. We're, you know, we're into that too, right? <laughs> yeah. You know our boys, right? Uh, Facebook, yep. Um, so we're going to have that. We're going to have, uh, you know, Wiccans there. We're going to have Crystal people there. We want it to be pretty much encompassing the whole supernatural family, horror, the whole shoot match with all of us like and things that, that is kind of unique to all of us. Uh, it's going to be a huge event, and we're calling it the Expo. It's going to be the Expo, the Gathering. The and Expo. it's going to be August 14th. I like 15th, that. Yeah, Expo. 2020 yeah. in Asheville. Awesome. Very cool. I like Too Expo. cool. That's, that's pretty, yeah. That is yeah. a great name. Yeah, not, go ahead. Yeah, and we're not ready to announce the celebrity guests yet. We are still finalizing celebrity contracts, but we will have several paranormal <laughs> celebrities there. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be a big event. It's going to be awesome. And Sweet. Hopefully, you guys uh, will be interested in coming and setting up there with us also. Well, hey, let us great. know. Send us. When, he when just let us know. <laughs> yeah, when you get ready, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going. We're going to be in. Um, what is it? Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne. Man, October of 2020. Yep. Yeah. But that's August. We got, yeah, we got plenty of time to make these reservations and make this happen. Yeah, we got a lot of That sounds like a good time. Great, yeah. Very cool. Awesome. We're excited about it. We're really excited about it. We're, uh, you know, we're wanting to, to do a, we got a lot of stuff going up in 2020 we're really excited about. But uh, when I found out I was going to definitely be on the show tonight, I thought this would be the perfect time to make the announcement. Absolutely. Oh, hell yeah. We love it. Sure. It's too awesome. All right, brother. Well, well, go ahead. I saw something on your old uh, thing there about paranormal night shift. That sounds like that's going to be pretty, pretty exciting. That's going to be coming out. Yeah, I'm going to be. It's a one episode thing, dude. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, same old, same old. These old TV shows, like they do. Everyone has a, a hundred of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, when it's going to come out after. What is that? What I say, Labor Day. Labor Day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's the it's real deal. I'm not lying. I'm not trying to make anything up. It's, it's, it's going to be really wow, cool. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. I yeah. love that kind of stuff, so I yeah. look forward to seeing it. Yeah. Awesome. Right. It's great. Hey, man, we're going to share all of your stuff on our Facebook page. 
Uh, we don't do Instagram or Twitter or any of that other stuff because we're still old fogies. But <laughs> but we will right. definitely yeah. share your team's page and uh, where they can find your website. And then as soon as you get that uh, convention, an event uh, for the Hex the Hexpo, Hexpo. as Hexpo. soon as you get that up and running, oh, yeah. man, Perfect. we'll get that shared as well. We're going to let everybody know. Very cool. That's going to be awesome. Awesome. Quick question. Um, yeah. I have a section on our website, I don't know if you saw it, where we like to link uh, people that we work with or have worked with. I would love to do link something for y'all in the Dead Zone on our page, too. Okay. Um, yeah. If that's okay with you all. To, That'd be to great. The, the yeah. link there. Absolutely. Dead Heck Zone yeah, love and, it. and Rip. Yeah, man. I mean, Absolutely, dead zone, has, dead zone is a rip. So yeah, no kidding. Hey, we're all about uh, we're all about cross promoting with everybody, man. That's awesome. Too cool. Absolutely, that's what Paranormal Community is about, and we need to do more of that. I think for us to ever be truly mainstream, we've got to uh, we got to work together, and you know, and, and do that. And that collaborative stuff is real important. Absolutely. Um, if if one of you guys, if you have my contact information, if you want to send me the appropriate graphics for those, uh, and you know. I think I think Michelle. Yeah, I, I think Michelle might have that. Yep, we'll get that to you. That'd she's she's the PR. Michelle's that. PR man. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get that to oh. you, man. That's awesome. Yeah, we definitely appreciate well, guys, it. I've really, enjoyed, I've really enjoyed being on. It was a great time, and uh, love to be on again someday. We Absolutely, have, we will have you. Yeah, back. we're gonna um, we're uh, wrapping up the end of the year, you know, and um, as soon as. As soon as you guys get things up and running for the the Hexpo, we'll get you back on so we can promote that some more. And then as it gets closer, we'll have you on again. Man, we're gonna we're gonna overload everybody with the Hexpo. That'd be great. That's yeah. awesome. Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. We're excited about it. Hey, no problem. Thank you for again for coming on. We appreciate it. This is the Dead Zone Paranormal Radio Show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.